Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we provide the internet with the hot takes they demand. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff. I'm Louisa Heron. I like the building confidence in that, as you knew you were saying the right things. Yes, except I didn't say the right things, because I was supposed to say hot takes on the least important news or whatever. Maybe it's better shorter? I don't know. Yeah. Everything's better shorter. Yeah. Which I is mean, why this podcast have, is bad. We don't have any <laughs> hot takes is the only problem with this that I see. Uh, yeah, our problem usually is one of us has a hot take and they don't know it. They just say a thing and then the other two are like, what the hell are you Pots talking about? on them like jaguars? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Although sometimes we have hot cakes. Because mm. Louisa likes baking. It's true. It's and true. Pancakes. You don't bake hotcakes. You cook them on a griddle. Uh, it was two separate words. The cake, it was <laughs> oh, okay. just cakes that are hot. <laughs> you eat them hot right out of the oven. All the <laughs> frosting melts and pools all over the no, cake. No, you dip them in frosting like Dunkaroos, Louisa, <sighs> obviously. You eat them hot good. out of the oven, get a lot yeah. of blisters on the inside of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was reading about McDonald's breakfast I didn't recently. know that. And apparently the hotcakes meal is the least healthy thing on the McDonald's menu. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Is that the one with, like, crystals sponge. of maple syrup baked into it or whatever? No, those are oh, fucking awesome. McGriddles? I love McGriddles. <laughs> mm. I just can't stand the taste of, like, maple-flavored corn syrup, and that's so prevalent in fast food yeah. breakfasts, unfortunately. I don't mind it, but if you eat one, your hands smell like artificial maple for the rest of the day. There's nothing you can do. Oh, you know that... what a weird, gross food smell I just discovered is? Mm -hmm. You live in um, New York, no, wait, so this could be this... anything. Is this your proposal for a new segment on the show? No. because uh, sure? Because this could be a banger. I don't want to have to keep... Um, I don't want to have to keep horrible food smells. yeah discovering horrible food <laughs> smells, um, but if you would like to guess, you can one guess mm. each. Matt first. Uh, I'm going to say hot dog water. Okay, Louisa. A new horrible smell. Could it be? Mm, ah, does it have to be from a new food? Okay, I'm going to say the smell of empty Grimace shake containers. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you're closer though, Louisa. It is a bad beverage smell that I've discovered. Oh, um, no. But sometimes a plastic soda bottle, the lid and inside of the drink part can get a like very small amount of mildew. Which is not enough to for you to taste it or for it to make you sick, but it is enough to make, if you happen to get a whiff of the spout of the bottle, it smells like the armpit of someone who hasn't showered in two weeks. Oh no! It's are these, are the, these those bottles that have the, like, flexible rubber tip that you bite on to drink out of? No, this was a normal two liter bottle of Diet Coke, and I oh. got, like, I was literally, like, two thirds of the way through it before I noticed a bad smell, and then I was panicking, like, oh no, is there something in it? And I googled, and there's so many Reddit posts about being like, why does my Coke bottle smell bad? <laughs> and oh, a bunch man. of people were just like, it's a little, it's like a little tiny bit of mildew. That can yeah. that can happen, uh, I guess, if it's shipped, like, warm or something. Well, it's awful. 
I've noticed with um, a container of, you know, a dairy product, sometimes there might be some drips on the outside. So when you go to use it and you smell it, you're like, oh, it's bad. But then, like, it's not bad. There's a bad smell just on the outside. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this this was basically that. The bad smell gets, like, up in the, the like, plastic disc in the cap. Uh, and kind of makes the, just the opening in, like... I closed the bottle. Outside doesn't smell bad. Very okay. strange. It was so strange. <laughs> that sounds that horrible. Was... Are you still able to drink it? Because I don't know if I could. Uh, I poured the last, like, third mm. of it out uh, because I had not discovered what was wrong with it. But uh, if apparently, according to the uh, panicked comments on Reddit, if you pour it into a glass, it does not uh, take the smell with it. So okay. you can drink it out of a glass just fine. Hmm. All right. That little disc that I assume is in there to assure a vacuum or like a, a airtight seal in the, yeah. the lid of um, bottles. Have we not figured out a better way to do that yet? Because when that disc falls out, it's annoying as shit. And it yeah. happens too often. Yeah. I usually have to like, I would have to like <laughs> dig it out with my fingernail if I wanted that disc out, which sometimes well, I do because I need to do the, things with my hands all the time. The problem <laughs> is there's a little styrofoam disc, which I guess stops the liquid from leaking in the cap of even things like hot sauce. And those seem to fall out a lot. And then when they do, yeah. you can never fit the cap on again. And you're opening and closing that bottle for like a year. Ugh, it's the worst. Yeah. 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 I hate when you have to, when you, like, screw the lid onto something and you can hear that little disc crunching down. (laughs) Yeah. The thing that has happened to me multiple times is the hot sauce bottle will get, like, knocked Mm -hmm. around or fall over and the plastic lid will break. Oh, no, yes. Yeah. And then I just have to use either half a lid forever or it doesn't work at all anymore and I have to figure something else out. When you get to the end of your next hot sauce bottle, keep that lid on Uh, hand so that if you break one, you'll have a spare. Big brain. Mm -hmm. One of the good things about the capitalist hellscape is most bottles and jars are the same size for the lids, Mm -hmm. so you can swap things around. I bought a, a, what you call it, the the squirt lid. You push down to squirt the liquid out of a big jug. God, what do you call that? A pump. pump. A yes. Pump. <laughs> I got like a a, a pump uh, lid for one of my uh, like my flavor, my vanilla coffee sweetener. Oh, you're um, like a barista now. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but the big kind for the big bottle of syrup does is not the same size, and I got a multi pack. Oh no! Uh, so it doesn't fit on the smaller ones. Nor does it fit on my dish soap. So I have one just kind of like on the dish soap because it still works, but you have to push it all the way down. Push the lid onto the rim and then push the pump down. Uh, But, you know, it works. God, we got really boring really early on this one. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. We got to get away from this. How about you guys answer me some questions about covers of the the song Me and Mrs. Jones? Yes. Where did this come from, first of all? You remember the segment I presented last week? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that was going to be ongoing. Me and Mrs. Jones. Yes. Right? No, not not (laughs) Counting Crows version. (laughs) 
I'm trying to think who originally sang that. I can picture him in that mm. set in that 70s studio mm-hmm. uh, film f- way to be filmed where there's like that bright spotlight that changes colors and he's got like a big felt hat on. Yes. Jamiroquai. Maybe yep, he's wearing a turtleneck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know this song by title. Uh, it's uh, that one that goes, me mm-hmm. and Mrs. 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 Jones. Mrs. We got a thing going on. Mm, yeah. Maybe I just don't know it. Oh, it's like a 70s like soul yeah. song. Huh. We got a thing okay. going on. Both of us know it's wrong. They are both married and they're having an affair. Oh. Escape I mean, the pink I guess that makes song. sense because if you were <laughs> Mr. Jones, you wouldn't refer to your wife as Mrs. Jones, oh, yeah. probably. You might. I guess you might. If you were, like, one of those creepy, like, old couples who calls each other mother and father or whatever. <laughs> like the Reagans, yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, I was thinking Pence. Probably Mitt Romney does that. Yeah, yeah too. definitely, yes. Or if you're very into weird role play, where yeah. you're like, hello, Mrs. Jones, I'm delivering you this package. And then you point at your groin. Oh, not weird role play, where one this of you like pretends to be weird now. Al Yankovic and the other pretends oh. to be Madonna? <laughs> I think that's just the normal way to have sex now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty that's sure. Ever since the movie do. Weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so yep. the original Me and Mrs. Jones was recorded in 1972 mm-hmm. by Billy Paul. Oh, shit. I almost remember it, but I didn't. Okay. Okay. So now that we know that, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you the name of some bands that uh, that have covered this song, and I want you guys to tell me what decade that band recorded it in and if you get it right i'm gonna ask you to try to guess the actual year okay okay yeah decade first yeah decade first here we go the etowa jazz society Hmm. i'm gonna say that's also the 70s i'm gonna guess that that is the 1990s that was in 2012 wow can you believe it pretty good all right. How about the Sun City Girls? Oh no, ain't gonna play Sun City. That was the eighties. Uh, apartheid was over by the. Uh, uh, I'm gonna say nineties. I'm gonna guess uh, the twenty aughts. No, I'm sorry. It was the nineteen eighties. No, we're doing bad this week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we are. All right, now we're going to go into a lightning round where I'm going to say bands that you've definitely heard of before, and I want you guys to try to guess what year they covered this song. Okay. Okay. Daryl Hall and John Oates. Do you say what year or what decade? Yeah. Uh, I mean, start with decade and then we'll drill down. I'm going to have to say 80s. Yeah, same. Wrong, 1995. God Shit! damn it. <laughs> I assumed that they were still making new music then. I assumed that they both died in a plane crash in 1989. (laughs) No, they are still. Yeah, they're both still alive and touring, but you know. All right, how about Michael Bublé? Oh shit! That's the 2010s. I can can see why he would cover it, and I hate that. I I can say the 2020s. That was 2007. Oh damn it! Are not getting these. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of like that. Maybe we can get them all wrong. Yeah, Ooh. maybe. We can't uh, try to get see. it wrong, though. We're gonna get one right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. I'm trying to find one more that you guys will have heard of. Jamiroquai. Yeah. That would be crazy. Mm-hmm. That would be virtual insanity, you might say. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that. I bet that would be good, though. Yeah, I can see it. 
Like, I think that that song, Virtual Insanity, is actually pretty good, and everyone got distracted with the weird music video for it. Yeah. Distracted? People loved it. I know, but, like, people loved the video so much they forgot that the song is also pretty good, is mm. my point. Yes, the song had so much around it for pop stuff that people forget that he is a very good singer, which you need to be yes. for this song. Yes, that's true. Um, okay, the only other one on here that I recognize, and you guys may or may not, but I know at least one of our fans will, is the acapella band The Jabberwocks. Ugh. Wait, I thought I they thought were a they dance were a crew. Dance? Yeah! No, you're thinking of, um... Jabberwocky. Yeah, Jabberwocky. Okay, um... Hmm. I'm gonna say 2005. I'm gonna say the 70s again. 2016. That's zero all round for this game. (laughs) We did it. That was very impressive of us. Yeah. So that's been my segment. Did I have a name for this last week? Probably not. Cover me bad. Uh, Cover uh, me bad. (laughs) Oh, that's not bad, actually. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, Yeah. I got it. Cover me bad. It's good. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to remember it. Cover though. me timbers. What, what was their that's good too. dumbass thing they said on the red carpet about their name? Where, Of course, reporters are like, why are you called color me bad? And they're like, because we don't see race. So if you're going to color us anything, just color us bad. Isn't that what they said? That sounds like something a, a music group would say in yeah. the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, was anyway. it bad with two Ds? It was. Yes. Of course it was. 1985 the, the 90, to 98. The 90s understood SEO way better than people did mm-hmm. later. By the 2000s, people weren't doing that stuff anymore. It's wild that, like, people were on board with the misspelling your name of your thing to make it unique before search engines existed. How did they know? Yeah. yeah. Now you have to just, like, invent a new word. Yeah, but now you've also got bands that are, like, the Black Keys. You are an ungoogleable band, sir. No, you can put that in quotations, at least. Yeah, I know, but still. (laughs) Not anymore. Search engines don't listen to quotation marks anymore. That's true. I'll type something into Google, and it'll be like, here's the results without three of the four words you typed. Is that what you wanted? Oh, yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, we can't get into that. (laughs) Why would you think I wanted that? Okay, but counterpoint, sometimes I type something into Google that is spelled so badly, and it's still like, did you mean this, you dumb idiot? And I'm like, yes, I did. (laughs) I was typing with the same hand I was holding peanut butter crackers with. (laughs) Why aren't they using the, like, machine learning language engines to make search engines work good instead of trying to make them write screenplays? Yeah, I don't think it's possible. It seems so much more suited to having them... To having search engines just, like, work better than to writing a movie. (laughs) I don't think it's possible. Well, all of them, well, not all of them, but I know Bing now says, like, powered by AI or something. Yeah, fucking, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that, I think all AIs are powered by search engines, aren't they? Isn't it that way around? (laughs) That they Mm. are just, like googling all the results for what's the next word in this sentence and then putting the most common result basically in in a way that is like a a simplification that does a decent job of explaining it but yeah it's like the the technology that 
figures out how to put the sentences together does not seem to be getting incorporated into search engines the way uh, yeah. that would be effective, strangely. Yeah. Yeah, well, if we've learned think... anything about capitalism, it's not there for you. It's not there to help you. Yeah. No. You know? It's there to help Louisa. <laughs> no. I don't think it's ever possible for this to work because I- I've said to people, like using the example before, if you go into a library and talk to a human librarian and you say, I've learned quite a bit about Stonehenge. I would love to know about more henges in the world, just not that one famous one. If you say that to them, they're not going to say, oh, hey, I found 10 books for you on Stonehenge. Is that what you wanted? But fucking every search engine will do that. And there's yeah. no way to make it not do that. But you know what? Don't do that. It- Chat GPT doesn't do that. <laughs> Counterpoint. If someone goes into a library and asks for all the information they have on henges, don't help that person. What? Just they are trying to resurrect an ancient god. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to discover the similarity between all the henges that's too close to be true, and it'll drive them mad. Yep. <sighs> Just because it's Midsummer's Day and they're a druid, they're wearing a long mm. white robe. Mm. They have a staff. Or a long green robe with tentacles uh, embossed. Embossed? Embroidered. Embroidered is for cloth. <laughs> embossed. <laughs> they're wearing a they're solid on copper <laughs> robe. <laughs> They just clang when they walk. <laughs> uh, anyway, Matt, what is giving you life this week? Well, I will tell you, not a whole lot. Uh, oh no, it backfired. It's so hot in my house. But, oh no! Yeah, it's really bad. Um, the nice thing, though, is I've been catching up on a lot of movies that I meant to see in theaters and then didn't, and are now on streaming. That's cool. And like... I remember when I was younger, the feeling of missing a movie in the theaters was like, oh shit, now I gotta figure out how I'm gonna get a copy of that movie to watch it to see if I like it enough to buy it. Yeah. Nowadays, it's great. (laughs) I know that we are always very upset about a lot of things to do with the modern world, but fuck, it's (laughs) awesome that I was like, oh shit, like, I, I should go see the new Shazam movie, and then I forgot about it for a full year to the point where I could just watch it for free now. Yeah. Yep, I do love that. I don't like going to the movie theater, so yeah, I love this I love world. going to the movie theater, but I don't need to for dumb movies. Yeah. I'm obsessed with going to the movie theater, as you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the dumber the movie, the better. <laughs> Uh, so I watched the new Shazam movie, the new air quotes Shazam movie, and the Ant-Man movie from earlier this year, and both mm-hmm. of them were pretty bad, you guys. That's what yeah. I've heard, yeah. That Ant- Although I did like Lucy Liu as the bad guy in Shazam, that was yeah, good. that's fun. Nice to I see thought, her get work. I yeah. thought, um, spoiler alert, I thought Jake Gyllenhaal was the bad guy. Uh, he's not even in it, I don't know oh, what you're I don't know. referencing. I don't know what I'm referencing either, then. <laughs> Oh no! That's uh, that, the second that guy... of the recent Spider-Man movies. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But that came out like that five was years so ago. Long ago. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen him. Fair. <laughs> um, I wish that the Shazam movies had the courage to not have six different superhero kids in it. Yeah, uh, that was a, a weak point of the first one. I felt like they wrote themselves into a corner by ending it with all of them getting superpowers. I really thought, because the minor spoilers for this terrible movie, but the beginning of this movie is Lucy Liu is an ancient Greek goddess who's like 
pissed that Shazam has all of the gods' powers now, and so she, like, uses a staff to suck the powers out of all of the other non-Shazam kids, and I was like, this is a good solution, you guys. You wrote yourself out of it, now it's back to just Shazam the way that I want it to be, and then, like, four seconds later, he breaks the staff and they get their powers back, and I'm like, well, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) If you're gonna do, if you're gonna do the family-style Captain Marvel Shazam thing, don't have it just be a bunch of hunks. Give yes. us one that's a talking tiger and one that's his yes. fat old uncle. Yes. And I wanted it to be, because Shazam is an acronym, as we all know, if you're going to do that, you should have it be that each of the kids represents a different one of the Shazam powers, like mm, the Wizard yeah. of Solomon, the Speed of Mercury. Yeah. He to has have to split his powers, yeah. Right. To have them all just be all the same like nondescript every power ability hero sucks it's just so dumb well let's be fair though if there was one kid who only had the wisdom of solomon no one's asking that kid to do anything are they yeah, no one even no, wants to hang around with that kid that kid gets to be the man in the van he gets the plot to be coordinating oh it's a heist is, movie now <laughs> the plot of this movie is all about how uh, Billy Batson isn't respecting the wisdom of Solomon part of his powers. Okay. He's like, oh, well, being smart isn't cool. I'm gonna do all these other things first, and so... He's going around cutting babies in half. Yeah. <clears throat> so, that would be a great plot for a movie. If you had one of your siblings be, like, bummed out that their power is super intelligence, and then it turns out that's what you need to beat Lucy Liu... That's a plot. That's the plot of a movie that I've just yeah, described. Exactly. That's like the every children's movie where the characters have to discover that actually friendship was the treasure we made along <laughs> the way or whatever. Yeah. Uh, perfect. I always thought um, Terry Pratchett was very good at moving a story forward the way you would expect, like a fair the way a fairy tale goes. But then introducing near the end a moment where it seems like a character has outsmarted the idea of the story, even though they really haven't, but it's very mm. satisfying. Yes, he he often did things where there would be a buildup of like, and now this character has to come up with something really clever to get out of it. And yeah. then the thing that they come up with was genuinely clever. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas in a lot of things, looking at you, Harry Potter, it's like <laughs> he needed to come up with a clever solution. So he found this other magic spell that is a deus ex machina and doesn't fit in with the rest of yeah. the story fucking at all. Yeah, it all works because there's a new rule introduced during the last uh, scene. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'll always Ugh. be mad that they didn't kill off Harry Potter because that's the way the story was going. That yep. Voldemort yes. couldn't be killed unless Harry Potter also died and he was ready to die and it should have been that way. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, if he's going to get out of it, have it be in a clever way. Can you imagine Terry Pratchett's Harry Potter? I feel no, like because he would never. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I feel like people wouldn't like it as much because No, they wouldn't. <laughs> it would have commentaries to make on society, expectation put on children, uh the mm-hmm. the English school system. Like it would have commentaries on all these things and then people would be like, "Well, I don't like that. That makes me feel bad." Yeah, it would be too clever. People wouldn't get it yeah. a lot of the time, yeah. I think. Uh, is his YA uh, witch series at all a send-up, insofar as he would do a send-up of Harry Potter? 
to no. be inking? Is that what I think? I think that there's yeah, a I would sort say no. of a... What? I would say no. I would say it's not, but it works on the same archetype that Harry Potter works on. I think there is a winking sort of allusion to it in the second one, where she's in uh, apprenticeship as a witch with all of the other girls who are also witches. And they go to that chamber yeah, of I secrets. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> and they, like, are... They don't get along very well, and that one girl only knows how to uh, make cures for pigs. <laughs> Although only I'm... knows how to use the wisdom of Solomon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, I do think his books about the wizards at Unseen University deals more with the bizarre uh, school system of the UK in a way that is more like Harry Potter than any of the other stuff he's done. Here's so. the thing, and I know that this has been commented on before, but the if you are going if you were going to approach the world of Harry Potter, the wizarding world of Harry Potter, mm. you the what? Whoa! You get a, you get a butterbeer for seven dollars. <laughs> You're telling if me you this going, boy is a wizard? <laughs> yes. If you were going to approach that with anything resembling like logical thought or complex understanding of things, mm -hmm. the very first thing you'd do would be to say these children are not allowed to perform magic. <laughs> Like, yeah, the fact that these kids are given wands to do magic when they're like eleven—are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> the only way they're prevented from using them is that it's against the rules, and they'll get yeah. in trouble. You have like, magic. Hi, Turn the wands off. <laughs> hi, I'm new to boarding school. My name is Harry Potter. Hi, Harry. Here's your rocket launcher. <laughs> have fun. <laughs> What See, are you doing? <laughs> I kind of feel like that makes sense because in the tradition of old books of this sort of thing, like kids do have the power of life and death and you kind of need that because that's what draws kids in. They're like, wow, I can but, have real power in the world. Right. And that's the way that ha Harry Potter is presented in the first book mm -hmm. where it's that kind of like weird fairy tale magical logic. That A you just have doll to kind book. Of Exactly. But then later on, when it gets gritty and real, and it's like, yeah, Harry Potter had to cut his own fingers off in order to get the magic goblet that could poison his best friend or whatever, like, fuck off. Yeah, like, you uh, should not be doing this. <laughs> now we have to reckon with the fact that he grew up in an abusive household when before it was just mm -hmm. like, they're the evil step parents. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then you try to make oh, us man. think that maybe the Dursleys aren't so bad. Like, oh, she was just jealous of her sister. Fuck you! <laughs> you had them feeding him dead spiders at the beginning, <laughs> you asshole. Yeah, you can't have, like, mm. oh, Matilda too. She's all grown up and it's gonna have an element of realism to it. Because oh, then you, you have to- spoke that into reality, Jeff. Yeah, They're definitely gonna they make will. that movie God now. damn it. Just What's like, her name? Mara Wilson. Eventually, she's going to break down and agree to be in some kind of weird adult sequel to that movie. Oh, oh when you say adult, you mean pornographic? Yeah, I'd be okay well, with that, actually. who knows how bad the world's going to get, right? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> the shadow knows. Anyway, so read the Terry Pratchett young adult books instead of Harry Potter if your yes. kids can handle some actual adult situations. There are certain things in those books about abuse and murder, which are so much more realistic than you would ever get in Harry Potter that they can be genuinely disturbing. So, And if the kids can't yeah. handle it, just have them read his dark materials, which uh, will traumatize them in a different way. <laughs> yeah, right? it'll just make them want to grow up to kill God, which we can all agree is a good idea. Yeah, that's what Final Fantasy taught us. Final Fantasy, yep. 
Adventures. You're thinking of Gundam. <laughs> Gundam. Which is the the one on Game Boy that Legend. how do you kill God? Was it yes, the, was it Final Fantasy was, Legend Two? Uh, it, yes, Final Fantasy Legend Two was the one where you climbed up the the giant beanstalk to kill God. Okay. At the end. But that was actually a different series that was rebranded as Final Fantasy, right? It was yeah. uh, Final Fantasy Adventure was uh, Saga Frontiers. Oh yeah, Legend was also a. I forgot that it was yeah. a saga game, and uh, Adventure was a Seiken Densetsu. The, yeah, get, the mana games. If you get given an airship or a regular ship, it counts as a Final Fantasy to me. <laughs> um, did you guys get that Saga Frontiers collection that's on the Switch now? No, Kicks of course ass. not. Nope. You should. Louisa, you should. You <laughs> okay, would love it. I'll think about you it. You loved those games when you were younger, I remember. Uh, I've got the. I've got that um, a Nintendo ticket burning a hole in my pocket because they had the deal where you get two for $100 and I used oh, yeah. one, one to save money on uh, yeah, but- Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, but the next one you should use to get that uh, uh, Super Mario RPG remaster, that's going to kick ass. Yeah, I'm going to have to think very carefully about what to spend that second one yeah. on. Ugh, that, I the Saga Frontier collection is only like like $20 or something, so. Mm, okay, maybe. I uh, Anyway, so don't watch the new Shazam. Okay. <laughs> but uh, especially don't. Me. <laughs> but especially don't watch the new Ant-Man, which was way worse. <laughs> that one I saw in theaters. It was what did so you think bad, though. Uh, Jeff? I thought that it was the worst of the Ant-Man movies, and all of the yeah. criticisms of it were right. I had a good time watching it, but not that good of a time. Yeah, I heard them talk about it on the Flophouse, and they said it doesn't make sense to do it all green screen when the fun of Ant-Man is to see, like, he's super small and there's, like, big regular yeah, exactly. things around. Mm-hmm. Give yeah. us that Honey, I Shrunk the Kids realness. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. what made the first two movies work. Also, the fact that Jonathan Majors has turned out to be a, a monstrous human being in real life kind of soured yeah. the fact that he is the best actor and delivering the best performance in the movie. Uh, He's already like, like deeply embedded in so many Marvel things now, isn't he? They can't get rid of him. <laughs> they can. They can recast him because he's playing a multiverse guy. But okay. the fact that they did that they didn't do a hasty reshoot for like a post credit scene or for the upcoming season of Loki is yeah. very it's very strange. Mm. You got to imagine that the the Marvel folks are like sitting praying that evidence comes to light that he's innocent, right? Cuz the trial's still ongoing, isn't it? Or is it over now? Um no, I don't know if it's if the trial has started, but like the stuff that his legal team releases as like, look, he's actually okay, all makes him look way worse. Mm. Well, I don't know that much about it, but I I imagine that the the Disney folks are like panicking shitting their pants, yeah. trying to be like, maybe we can keep him. Maybe he'll turn out to be the good guy after all. Yeah. Yeah, they're probably uh, kind of biding their time to then quietly remove him from these movies after everyone stopped paying attention. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but anyway, that was not this week for me. That was weeks and weeks ago. Yes. All I want to say about Ant-Man is the previous Ant-Man movies were fun, even if they weren't good, because they were trying to, they were heist movies. The whole point of them was it was like a Marvel superhero movie, but it's also an Ocean's Eleven style heist. And they 
did a lot of jokes around you know sort of parodying the genre in a way that was very fun they had a formula that worked and was fun and they just didn't do any of that in this movie at all they didn't even try they ditched michael pena and david desmalkian and ti uh as as his like also ex-con like crew (laughs) yeah and they were the best parts of it i mean paul rudd is a charming genius in everything and uh, you know you love to watch him but the funnest parts of the previous movies were that crew interacting yeah yeah you want you want his crew that his like fast talking crew there but yeah i hate that no one will allow movies to just be a series of movies anymore like yeah James Bond, those were always over-the-top movies, but they were over-the-top. They never tried to be like, and now I'm saving the entire galaxy every single time, and then ramping it up. It was just, did like, James Bond, regular did James, stuff. Did James Bond cross over with over-the-top? Because I would Whoa. love to see James Bond uh, <laughs> arm-wrestling with Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it's, the James Bond movies, the most they did was, in the credits, put James Bond will return. <laughs> But yes. like no, until yeah. the Daniel Craig ones, none of them were sequels to each other, so they didn't have to escalate. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid seeing the first Back to the Future movie in theaters, and at the end when Doc Brown comes back and is like, "We got to go to the future to save your kids," and then it ends. That blew my mind. The idea <laughs> that a movie at the end of it would have like a teaser for what's going to happen in the next one was so novel. Yeah, <laughs> and now that's every fucking movie. Yeah, I don't. Anyway. Yeah, but it's very cool that I didn't have to pay extra money to see <laughs> these movies. So that is great. Yeah, nice. that rocks. Uh, okay, Louisa, what is exciting you this week? Uh, this just happened, but the show "What We Do in These Shadows" came back this week for their newest season, which is very nice. Uh, this is the documentary series about those New York vampires. Yeah, that's right. They live okay. on Staten Island. Um, have I you guys watched the, the new? No. Okay. I fell off of the series when they were in that casino for, like, four episodes in a row, and I I don't know. That really it wasn't doing it for me, but I assume they've moved away from that. Yeah, I feel like they are doing a good job. Some other shows do this, too, I think. Like, it's always sending in Philadelphia. But doing a good job of, like, raising the stakes, getting more wild, and then it gets too far away from its core thing. So they figure out a way to kind of bring it back to that, and mm. I do love that. That I think I just... I. I dropped off at one of the extremes of that when it was so far away from the thing that made it funny. And I was just like, "Uh uh-huh. Like, the people are very funny in Mm -hmm. it, but sometimes it's just a little bit much. It's a little, like, uh, far-fetched. Which is weird to say about a show about vampires, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I think they're doing a good job getting back into regular stuff, uh, advancing the characters' plots, but not... Making things bigger, like we were just saying, like not getting bigger and bigger about raising the stakes, mm. like it's uh, the stakes. Ah! Oh, the stakes! Oh! <laughs> now they did have a, a season where they became the kings of all vampires, didn't they? Yeah, I just for, finished for that New season. York. Yeah, for New okay, York, yeah. they did. Yes. So they did. They do a little bit raise the stakes. Yes. Um. It's probably not too much of a spoiler to say that a character this season asks them, hey, so the Vampire Council, you're still involved with that, right? And they're all kind of like, eh. <laughs> and you can tell they're just bored of it now. <laughs> yeah, see, that's good. That's what I want out yeah. of this. Yeah. Uh, so, 
I'm really enjoying that. I don't want to talk too much about it because I do not want to spoil anything. Yeah, I still haven't seen I... season four, I think. Mm. That's the one with the casino. That's where I dropped off. Okay. I think that part of it is that I've realized for myself, I need to binge watch this show. Yeah. If I watch it week by week, I get, like, I fall off of it. So yeah. now that it now that all of season four is out maybe i'll go back and watch it all it's up on my plex server all right i mean it's on hulu so well some of us (laughs) don't have hulu because we like doing crimes it's true Mm -hmm. me yeah i mean i like benefiting from crimes does that count um yes um the what is his name matt berry yes I really wish he was in more things. Yeah, although I haven't watched any of his Toast of London, Toast of Hollywood. Haven't seen those. Here, they're great. Those are like him playing himself, though, right? I'm not exactly sure. I just, like, I know that we, was this even before we started recording? I can't remember. But we were talking before about how shitty James Corden is. Uh-huh. And I feel like if if you wanted a genuinely funny, weird, quirky British man in your movie, you should be casting Matt Berry 100% of so the time. Matt Berry is James Corden's Wario. Yeah, no, James Corden is Matt Berry's Wario. <laughs> no, because Matt that Berry's implies... the edgy one. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Matt, that implies that we like Wario less than Mario when oh, we know yeah. we like Wario more. Yes, you're absolutely right. James Corden is the squeaky clean, boring one, and Matt Berry is the uh, sexy, slovenly one. I do feel like Mario is is giving him too much credit still. He's like Toad. (laughs) (laughs) Too mean. Too mean. I mean, he sucks. If you had told me, I haven't seen the movie, if you had told me he plays the voice of Toad in Super Mario Brothers, I would have been like, yeah, of course, of course he does. <laughs> no, that, that would be good casting, actually. Keegan-Michael Key doing a good job instead. I thought he was comic. I don't know. No. But I do know that James Corden is a bad person in his personal life, in addition to being an unfunny asshole, so I don't feel bad about being mean to him. Yeah, he's yeah. He's, one, he's one of those guys who, like, hears about how Conan runs his late night show and is like, got it, gotta be mean to all my employees. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently he's been banned from a bunch of restaurants for yelling at the waitstaff, so... <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, what were we talking about? Oh, what we do in the shadows. It's a great yes, show. Matt Berry, though, yes. is great. Yes, he's very good. He, um, there's a couple moments in the, only the first two episodes of this season have been released, but I've seen them both. There's a couple moments where he does one of his bizarre line readings, and I feel like we're seeing that scene just before it cuts because the other actor laughed, because the way he's <laughs> saying them directly to someone's face seems like it's only intended to make them crack up, and I love that. <laughs> yes. I feel like that's his MO. I think that that's all he does on set. Yeah, I wonder if that's too. why they paired him up with Mark Hamill for that couple of episodes, because <laughs> Mark Hamill also has been known to do that. Mark Man. Hamill? Was Mark Hamill on? What? Yeah, Mark he Hamill? plays he plays the very he Dracula-like plays... character. In... He's oh, the one that's hunting yes, Matt yes, Berry yes, yes, when yes. Matt Berry has to go and become Jake Dakota or whatever his name is. I forgot about that. You're right. And um, uh, Doug Jones, we see again this season. Mm, Love Doug Jones. Fun. So good. Yeah, he's so good in it. Uh, I have. I just remembered, rediscovered. Uh, Matt Berry did. Uh, he performed on a Gorillas live show. 
uh, doing the spoken word song Fire Coming Out of the Monkey's Head. Oh, that's cool. Right? That's the one that Dennis Hopper does on the album, right? Yeah, Dennis Hopper does, like, an amazing job, and he's since passed, so, you know, you gotta get someone else who's uh, just a line deliverer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I want to see this so bad. I love that song, and now I want to hear Matt Berry do it. It's a, It was a live-streamed concert called Song Machine Live, so it's probably somewhere to watch. I'll see if I can dig it up. That sounds amazing. Um, yeah, it's a struggle, because uh, I love it, I want everyone to watch it, but I don't know how to talk about it without spoilers, so... Yeah. Fair. Um, is there... How do I say this? Is there any further escalation in the Guillermo plot that I felt like was kind of getting out of control when I stopped watching? Yes. <laughs> and it's gone in a direction I didn't expect, and nothing is resolved yet, which is quite mysterious. So, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I do love how much that actor is uh, making a splash on the scene. Harvey yeah, I love yeah. that he shows up and stuff. His, um,. Met Gala outfit is the was the best one. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked about that before, but it's still true. Yeah, it is very good. Uh, yeah, so that's about all I can say about it, really, although I'm enjoying it very much. Jeff, what did you enjoy this week? What helped you make it through? Uh, I went to go see the brand new motion picture, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Oh no, they made another one of these? Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) They're not going to stop until they kill Tom Cruise. Yeah, Tom Cruise Cruise is trying to die by flying a motorcycle (laughs) to the moon or whatever. Um, Could you do, could you make a, like a historical fiction book? about somebody who was hired to assassinate Tom Cruise and the way they did it was by making a Mission Impossible movie franchise. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to call him like uh like Tim Cruz or something mm-hmm. so that he wouldn't sue you with all the power of uh, his cult behind him. Mm. Um there's a a tweet But then people might think you're talking about Ted Cruz instead and that would also be a good thing. Yeah, that would be fine if <laughs> if you had to convince Ted Cruz to become a movie star who does his own stunts. Yeah. Um, Anything a- that gets him dead. That's what I say. Listen, that's what you say on a recording that's going out to the public. In Minecraft. Okay, there uh, we go. In there- the game Minecraft, I want the creepers to blow him up. I okay. saw a good post on Blue Sky from the user lauren.rotatingsandwiches.com. Uh, that reads as follows. Tom Cruise has convinced himself that spending his life working as an adrenaline junkie who does absurdly dangerous action stunts is a form of public service. And the really nutty thing is that he's right. (laughs) Uh, Uh, I guess. it's, It's very interesting because we currently have the least amount of monoculture that we've had in, like, the last hundred years of, like... You don't get some. You don't get as many movie stars because there's not just like a movie out that everyone goes to see because there's not much else to do, right? Um, but I feel like Tom Cruise movies are close to that. Yeah, like they're sort of grandfathered in. Exactly, like Top Gun Maverick. I still haven't seen. But I'm the last one who hasn't seen it. Like it made so, it made a billion dollars because everyone was like, 
yeah, Tom Cruise in an action movie. I remember Top Gun. Sure, I'll go see that. It's like the the avatar of it, where it doesn't fit into any niche, but because of that, it becomes insanely popular among people who don't want their media to fit into a niche. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Mission Impossible movies have been that for me since 2011's Ghost Protocol, um, which is one of my favorite movies ever. Um, the ones since then have not been as good, but this one's still fun. Palm Clemens. Ghost Protocol, the one with the mustached um, uh, Superman in it? No, that's Fallout. That's the sixth one. Ghost Protocol's the fourth one. Oh, okay. Um, Fallout was enjoyable, but I went to see it not realizing it would be a direct sequel to the previous one, and I had no idea what was going on most of the time, because I only saw Rogue <laughs> Nation once. Oh, boy. Um, this one seems to mostly be like a... You know, characters return, but it, you don't have to remember what happened in the previous movies to understand what's going on in this one. Right. Um, which is nice, but... Is Simon Pegg still in those? Yeah, he's been in all of them since three. That's so weird to me. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, he gets... He's the, I think, the most accessible of the cast. So, like, yeah. interviewers will ask him, like, what's it like working with Tom Cruise? And he'll be like, well, oh, he's... You know, pretty nice and basically a living legend, so I'm not going to say anything bad about him like you want me to. Um, and it's... Yeah, I don't know. It's a fun movie. Doesn't make any sense. Interesting, though, tying into the current strikes happening in Hollywood, the bad guy of the movie is an artificial intelligence. Mm. Uh, and the who um, plays it? Is it Deep Blue? <laughs> no, it's played by a, a visual effect and a bunch of beep boops. <laughs> so I mean, does someone do a voice at least? No, uh, it it oh. acts more realistically as an AI uh, through computer systems rather than having like become embodied as a person. So is Mission Impossible as a series just going to merge with iRobot at some point? <laughs> uh, it does, it it has, this one is the farthest that's leaned into the sci-fi, I think, mm-hmm. by instead of being like, yeah, this is plausible, but wouldn't, like, no one would do it, has gone to the realm of like, this is implausible, um, but it's, I... I thought the AI stuff was mostly nonsense, but I was happy that they weren't like, and the AI rewrote someone's brain and became a real person, which right. would be so goofy. I like, there's a very good Isaac Asimov short story that's in iRobot about uh, a person who discovers that AI is secretly running the world. Like, there's a, a group of AIs that are secretly you know, killing off people who don't like the AIs and are trying to take over more and more systems in order to run every part of the world or whatever. And so they go and they do a deep investigation into it and they, like, eventually confront the AIs and the AIs are like, we were designed to make life on Earth as good as possible for people and the best way we can do that is to be in charge of everything And we are right. Like, we are making things better for everyone. We're better at running it than humans are, so just let us. And then the person's like, oh, okay. And that's the end of the story. Yeah, this one is going... every story, but it usually goes bad? Every uh, computer story? (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah but what I like about the Isaac Asimov one is that that's probably true, that computers would be better at running the world than humans would be. Yeah, the premise of this one is more like Skynet has become sentient, but in this universe, Ethan Hunt exists, and he's just bad enough to go kill Skynet, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is a fun premise, but... I do. Has th- Tom Cruise and Arnold Schwarzenegger ever been in a movie together? Oh God, have they? I don't think so. I can't Seems think like of they one. Should have, but I can't think of one either. I don't think they would. Tom Cruise. I think he's a good actor. He has no sense of humor about himself. Arnold Schwarzenegger does, and I feel like they could never work together. They're both. But they're both movie big, stars. stupid action stars. Yeah, but they're both people who starred in their own movies. At the same time, so they Arnold never had a crossover. was in a movie where the villain was Jonathan Lithgow. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's your point? So, he likes to make fun I of himself. I feel like John Lithgow is way further away from Arnold Schwarzenegger than um, than Tom Cruise is. Now, if you told me both of them had been in movies with John Lithgow, I'd believe that. Yeah, maybe he is the, yeah, he's the, the Rosetta link. Stone. Yeah, <laughs> six degrees to been. John Lithgow. Yeah. Uh... John Lithgow is a treasure. Mm-hmm. He would be a good person to be a guest star on What We Do in the Shadows. I thought you were going to say on this podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. If we can get him, let's do it. No, I, I would feel bad. I'd feel so bad immediately for wasting his time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. You have so few years um, left, sir. <laughs> welcome on to the show, Mr. Lithgow, and we are so sorry. <laughs> um, I... Yep. Forget what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so shall we just discuss... Oh, no, go ahead. Uh, shall we discuss some news stories that were recommended us to, to us by Google so we can talk about what's going on in the world? Yeah, yeah go for it. it, Matt. We've decided that AIs are uh, are better at running our podcast than we are. <laughs> yeah, so we can finally we're relax. The, the AI to pick some topics for us. Today's algorithm has brought to me a news story that the title is Disney negates SAG actors strike with unique red carpet at Haunted Mansion premiere to instant backlash. Oh, God. Do they, like, uh-huh. let let regular people win a chance to be on the red carpet or some shit? No, it's way worse and way more Disney than that. C- so CGI did... heads of dead actors? <laughs> no. They So they had the premiere for the Haunted Mansion movie at the Haunted Mansion in Florida, uh-huh. and the red carpet was all performers dressed as Disney characters. Yeah, that makes uh. sense. Oy, oy, oy. So, like, the red carpet isn't any of the actors in the movie, it's Cruella DeVille and Maleficent. I wonder if yeah. they are contractually obligated to do that because if they're not and they did it they're ineligible to join sag after in the future and i know there are a lot of aspiring actors who uh do work at disney parks yeah i don't know they're wearing fucked up makeup so maybe no one will recognize them oh, i genuinely would feel sad i would feel sad if this person dressed as cruella Deville. Because they are under the thumb of Big Disney, ended up getting punished for having to do this, which already seems very humiliating. I'm willing to bet that they did it at the Disney park because then technically the performers uh, can be obligated to do it without being Mm. scabs. Yeah, it's it's not like a red carpet, it's just a show performance within the park, that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. 
I wonder if this is that evil queen that went viral a few times on the internet. Do you know about this? RuPaul? How dare you call RuPaul evil? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's, uh, you know, I think of the drag queens, RuPaul is the one who you could most easily call evil. (laughs) Oh, yeah, uh, they're a landlord, correct? Like yeah, they, I think so. They and, wanted to have uh, fracking done on the properties. Yes, RuPaul does fracking. Oh, that geez. was the thing. That's yes. pretty messed up. <laughs> no, I'm talking about there. There were some viral videos on like Instagram or something of um, this performer who does the Evil Queen in Disney World, uh, sort of making friends with children in an Evil Queen kind of way, where okay. she will like try to tell them, you know do you want to help me kill snow white or whatever and the kids are like yeah i love that okay <laughs> yeah anyway there was there was a a specific uh evil queen performer that was getting a lot of internet buzz a few years ago and i wonder if this is that same one. Oh yeah maybe <clears throat> she do a good job did she make some kids uh kill their parents or eat dessert before dinner i don't know but i assume so two equivalent crimes Yes. There's no crime in eating your dessert before dinner. (laughs) Wow. Exactly what an evil queen would say. (laughs) Mm -hmm. See, I'm the real evil queen. Yeah. This is the thing. We need to start- Okay, hold on. Yeah? We need to stop describing people like landlords and frackers as evil because that makes them sound way too cool. Uh Uh-huh. Evil should be reserved for people who are really, like- cool and interesting in a bad way uh-huh. i feel like we need a different word for when you are the kind of like just absolute idiot asshole who abuses people for your own personal gain see i like evil yeah. for being the things that are genuinely bad and i think we need a new word for like the <laughs> the delightfully mischievous the warios of the world Sexy, the word is sexy sounding word. Yeah, (laughs) if you're the evil queen, that's like, ooh, I want to know more about you. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know. I feel like if you if you made a poison apple to kill your stepchild, that's a pretty cool person. It's not a cool thing to do, (laughs) but you got a lot of shit going on that I want to know about. If you are just like a rich person who's like, oh, I can get richer if I. Uh, shut off the heat for people who are dying of cold. Like, you're just Ebenezer Scrooge, and we've done that, and he's pretty boring. So you're saying the evils in the world, yeah, the evils in the world are not exciting enough, and I believe you, because that is- Yeah, the mundanity of evil, it's a whole thing. Genuinely, obviously we all know that there have been politicians in recent years who have been evil in a way that is very boring. And if one of them just came out and was like, I am now Dr. Evil, and I am a supervillain. And I want one billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm gonna build a laser on the moon to kill everyone to kill in Austin Powers. Third, third world countries. Uh-huh. That would, at least, I'd be more interesting than just, like, no, actually, I'm well, following the Bible when I try to tax people to death. Like, aha, uh-huh, cool. We got, we've heard that before. You say that, but that unhinged uh, moon laser t- stuff is what Elon Musk is yeah. all about. Mm-hmm. And that turns out to be very mundane and horrible anyway. Yeah, the He's thing is. cool enough to be evil, though, is my point. Like, yes, he wants to do the moon laser, but he can't figure out how to do it in a cool way. Nobody who's cool wants to do outlandish evil. Yeah. Or outlandish good. 
they just want to chill. <laughs> if you're cool, you generally aren't like, look at me, pay attention to me. I'm going to put a laser on the moon. I'm so cool. Here's I don't the problem. Know. I disagree with you because I think some of the coolest people in history were a little bit attention seeky. I'm looking at Prince or David Bowie here mm. <laughs> in the music world. Gotcha. And you think they Here's were Here's the evil problem also. though. If they, well, if Elon Musk were cooler, more people would like him and would not agree that the things he is doing are evil because they would be dazzled by the cool. And there's already some people like that even though he's yeah, not cool at all. People like that. I feel like less people would like him if he were cooler. <laughs> I disagree. Because the, pe- the people who are willing to die for him are so uncool, and they look up to him because he is, like, the, an uncool person who somehow is still successful. And I feel like if he was cooler, they would those people would start to hate him. And any cool people that started to like him, cool people are much, I feel like, much more rigorous in their uh, approbation of people. Mm, I do not have as much faith in humanity as you do, I think. I don't know if I can trust you on what's cool if you're going to say words <laughs> like rigorous and approbation on our podcast, I didn't Matt. say I'm cool or that I know what's cool. I'm saying that if he was cooler, it's mm. like when... I do have to trust like when, your judgment about coolness now, though. <laughs> it's like when people are like, oh, well, why can't the the people who vote Democratic be as good at being unified as the people who vote Republican. And it's like, because they're smarter. (laughs) That's why everyone knows it. We don't need to hide it. They're smarter. So therefore they understand better that you can't support someone who does 90% stuff you don't like. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Again, not in the faith in humanity. I don't know if they're smarter. Mm, I don't know. I read an article the other day about a person who... Um, was studying the reason why there are so many more male libertarians than female libertarians. Uh-huh. Um, Did they figure a, it that's out? That's a self-feeding f- uh, loop. <laughs> well, he was a, um, uh, uh, like a, for, uh, a psycholo- psychological analyst or something. I don't know. He was a, an accredited person who was doing this for genuine academic reasons, but he said um, in areas of like politics and general policy women are better at logical thought than men and he had a lot of evidence but people online were like how dare you make this claim you don't have any real world examples of women being better at logical thought than men and he responded well there are more men libertarians than women oh yeah (laughs) that's all that that is the evidence good post (laughs) yeah like yeah he's right that's pretty good yeah i feel like the trouble is libertarianism is Thinking you're an independent person who doesn't, who didn't benefit from anything because you're the type of person the system has benefited the most. So yes. that is why you're going to be a straight cis white man who's a libertarian. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the reason, yeah. because you don't see your support structure. You've never had to critically analyze your place in the world, and you believe you never should have to. Yeah. Wow, that's what I believe about me. <laughs> oh no! Oh, oh god, you're a libertarian. <laughs> no, I uh, I have accepted that my place in the world is uh, bad and brief, and everyone else's is worse. <laughs> you want to be just a little guy who's chilling, basically. Yeah, I want to be a little guy who's <laughs> chilling, but the world is full of terrors. Yeah, that's true. 
terrors like Disney trying to work around the uh, SAG after strike by having these people be dressed as fucking Maleficent or whatever. Yeah, I believe Princess really Jasmine is a scab. You know I, what? It's all villains. This list of characters is all villains, oh, no, which I do that's think even is worse. pretty good. <laughs> Can't believe Jafar is a scab. When you first said that they did a red carpet with uh, characters, I thought you were going to say that it was the uh, animatronic characters from inside the haunted mansion, like the hatbox ghost. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like pushing them along on a on a furniture dolly. <laughs> no, oh not the God. actual animatronics, but people dressed oh. as those characters. Oh, <laughs> I went to go see a movie that <laughs> we have Abraham Lincoln on our red carpet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he loves it. He can't wait to go see the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like it's a, a small world people. gang <laughs> they have, you have a team of people pushing them along and somebody holding a battery to power it <laughs> oh, uh, I went to see a movie with open captions and there was a trailer for Haunted Mansion before it and the trailer, um. en- the trailer had captions and the trailer ended with the caption uh, hatbox ghost laughing <laughs> Mm. Ah, people only real heads know the Hatbox Ghost. Yeah, I was, one, surprised that they were specific in the trailer, and a bunch of people in the theater were like, Hatbox Ghost? (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) They do feature him very prominently in all of the trailers I've seen. They really want you to know about that Hatbox Ghost. They know their audience. For the people who don't know, the Hatbox Ghost was a conceptual design for a ghost using a holographic, maybe a Pepper's Ghost uh, effect, in the ride where there's a scraggly old man holding a hat box, and then as you pass by, he doesn't have a head and there's a skull inside the hat box, but they never figured out how to do it the way they wanted, so they didn't include that in the ride. It became Disney Park fan lore that this was a cool thing they never got to do. He became sort of a celebrity. And then when they revamped the Haunted Mansion, they added him because they had better technology for it now. So, that is the Hatbox Ghost. Yep. I think he's very cool because I'm a nerd. (laughs) Yep. Yes to all. So, what (laughs) news story do you have for us today, Louisa? This is a real clickbait. And it's not a very good clickbait because I think you both will be able to identify what it's about immediately from the headline. Mm -hmm. Poker Face Season 2 gets unfortunate release update. Mm. Mm. Lady Gaga is not going to be on the season. Is is the unfortunate news that it was planned as a miniseries and they're not making a season two? Or no, they are making a season two. It has been renewed. The unfortunate release update is production has halted because Ryan Uh, Johnson will not break the Writers Guild strike on writing, and he said so publicly. (laughs) So. Yeah, yeah. they well, also can't. Yeah. They can't film right now either. Yeah, yeah. So the article ends with people talking to Ryan Johnson and him saying, "Oh, we have some great ideas. We hope you'll love it once we're able to get back to work." Like there, there is no controversy here. Yeah. Is he a WGA so, member? I wonder. It says, I believe it says he is. I just skimmed the article, but yes, it'd be pretty wild if he wasn't. I mean, he wrote- I. I guess I don't. I guess I don't know if you can be WGA and Directors Guild. You definitely can. You probably can, right? I know for a fact that you can. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's that. Did you know he's married to Karina Longworth, the one who does the "You Must Remember This" podcast? That's fun. 
I don't know who that is. <laughs> or oh, that you don't know? Is. <laughs> uh, I think Jen listens to that yeah, one, but I don't. She would. <laughs> Uh, it's it's about it's basically about old Hollywood. Um, I only listened to it because they did a thirteen week series on everything about like a full comprehensive breakdown of the Manson murders, and I oh, wanted wow. to know what was up with the Manson murders. And like, there's an episode about the Beach Boys brother who's involved. Like, they go oh, yeah, that's fully right. into all the context of it. Wild, yeah, it's. It's so weird how many celebrity adjacent people were involved in that. You'd think yeah, they'd be mean, insulated somehow by their fame. Nope, Hollywood. Well, Charles Manson was celebrity adjacent at the time before he yeah. really got going. Yeah. Yep. Mm, terrible. Um, so yeah, Poker Face 2 will happen eventually. All right, nice. Now I need to come up with more hot takes on the writer's strike, though, because this is... We're, we're hitting it a second time. Um, <laughs> well, before it was about the, the actors, right? Now you yeah, can hit the writers. Um, you guys are... Do you guys hate Ken Jennings as much as I do? Yes. Not as Let's much as you here. do, but I have no uh, positive feelings about him. I'm ambivalent at best. You know about what happened with him and Mayim Bialik with the Writers Guild strike? I do not. No. Oh, so... Um, they trade off hosting duties on Jeopardy these days, where each of them will do half a season. And they were in Mayim Bialik's half of the season uh, when the Writers Guild strike began. And all of the clue writers on Jeopardy went on strike because that is, you know, they were striking along with the rest of their uh, union. And Mayim Bialik immediately stopped filming episodes because she was like, I'm in sol- solidarity with these writers. And so Ken Jennings volunteered to come in and host the rest of the episode. Oh my and when god. people were like, hey Ken, that's a pretty shitty move. He was like, well the episodes were already written, so it's not breaking the Writers Guild strike because we were just using stuff that they'd already written. Fuck you! Yeah, you don't have to volunteer for that shit. What an asshole! And like, the judges are probably, like, if there's a, a dispute about a question, I guarantee you that there's like judges who are part of the clue writing team that are now not on set. Yeah, I imagine so. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why it's bad, and I just can't believe the thing of it is. There's like, I mean, maybe this is just because the internet is a terrible place, but I'm always getting recommended articles that are like, here's why Ken Jennings is everyone's favorite Jeopardy host, and I cannot understand (laughs) it, because he's so awful in so many ways, and like, if you watch episodes of him hosting, he's like, I watched one the other day that made me so mad on behalf of the contestant, because the guy was a medical student, and the category was, it was called like, a stitch in time or something, and it was all about uh, surgeries that in, that require stitches. Mm-hmm. And so the, this kid got the daily double in that category. And Ken Jennings was like, so how confident are you in g- getting a daily double in a medical category, medical student? Like, literally, that was what he said. <laughs> and so then this guy looked obviously flustered. And he's like, I guess I'll go all in then. And then the question was like, so, you know... Uh, rotator cuff surgery was pioneered when it was used on this famous pitcher from the Philadelphia Phillies. Fuck you! Yeah. 
What an asshole! That's not even a medical question! You just made this kid lose Jeopardy! That reminds <laughs> me of uh, the celebrity who wants to be a millionaire where Regis talked Norm MacDonald out of the right answer for the million dollars. Should I say I mean, here that, that I know Regis. that it's Tommy John surgery because I always want to say Jimmy John's <laughs> <laughs> sa- sandwich surgery? <laughs> Nerd alert. <laughs> yep. Uh, Jimmy but John's. like... I don't know. That sucks so bad. I feel like Regis was always talking people out of the right answers. Yeah! Jeopardy Jeopardy has always been above that kind of shit (sighs) in my mind. I don't agree. Alec would also do the same sort of thing. I don't think he would do it to that level. I don't think he was that aggressive with people. He would say sometimes, like, oh, you think that's it? Okay. Like, be a real shit about it. After they've answered, yes, but not before they've even wagered. All right. I can't speak to that. And I don't think that he would do that that as often as you think he would. I, I watched religiously for many years, and I can't remember a single time when Alex, like, mocked or baited a contestant into doing something yeah it's usually the banter in between where he's like oh you're a loser who sucks <laughs> yeah but in a charming way you still were like yeah you're right alex i do uh, <clears throat> anyway what were we talking about the writer strike yeah something yeah, so. and uh, I've said before, but uh, we're very lucky. It ties into what Matt said earlier. We're very lucky we live in a time where we can stream anything, basically. So we can catch up on TV shows we never watched from 10 years ago and be perfectly happy supporting the writers on strike until such That's time true. as they get, hopefully, a very good contract. That's why we didn't write any of this episode before we started f- recording it. Yeah, yep. out of solidarity. And yep. not for any other reasons, no matter what people might say. No, you could say we were kind of the first ones on strike for the writer's strike by not having ever written a single episode of this show. Yeah, we're kind of heroes if you think about it. Yeah, I've never written for a Hollywood studio and I never will. Mm. (laughs) You say that. Prove him wrong. Yeah, if they give you a job, you totally would. No, you would immediately do it. I mean, not during the strike, but if they give you the job. Yeah, Yeah, prove Jeff wrong. I do think, I do think that I would be, it's hard to say, obviously, I feel like if I was offered a writing job, even if it was my dream job during a writer's strike, I wouldn't take it. Yeah, I wouldn't either, because it will, it's not just dealing with your own morality there, like, other people will make actionable threats against you and ruin your life, so, like, there's no reason to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, don't I think I would the... take, I don't think I would scab the writer's strike, but mm-hmm. also I'm not in a situation where someone's like, here's a check for $100,000 to write a Spider-Man movie while no real screenwriters will. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And like, during a writer's strike is probably the closest I will ever get to being allowed to write a Superman movie <laughs> like I've always wanted to do. So you guys! Like, maybe... <laughs> but I don't think I would do it, but I'm saying I can understand the temptation. Uh, you don't have to do an own goal on yourself by bringing up the topic of would you be a scab and then saying maybe. You don't have to say just, these things. I just want to acknowledge that it's untested virtue. <laughs> yes, okay, exactly. Fair, fair That's enough. all I'm saying as well. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be honest with our audience and say I understand the temptation to be a dirty scab. That's all. Yeah. If there was no temptation, there wouldn't be any scabs. I, I just don't want to disappoint Scabby, the giant inflatable rat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
who you love very much. Yeah, he's my best friend. Where do they get those? Because you see them in cities constantly, and uh, where who's making those? I think mm. they're Soros, probably. <laughs> probably a unionized company, I would hope. Oh, that I was a so. joke about how terrible conservative media was. It's not an anti-Semitic joke. I just want everyone to know. Yeah, you get your check for protesting, etc. Yeah. Anyway. Jeff, oh, news. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, we already said what Jeff, what Jeff was enjoying, didn't we? No, we, no, no, I didn't no, need to no, do no, my news. news. We're doing oh, the news stories right, now. Right, we're right. in the news part. <laughs> Louisa. Man, oh, man, oh man. That. I thought we had already talked about Mission Impossible. Go on. No. Uh, <laughs> I I had to search around for a news story that wasn't either about the serial killer on Long Island that they just caught. Wow, oh, I yeah. bungled the pronunciation of Long Island. You said it in a very South Jersey way. Uh, Long, Long Island. Yeah. Um... <laughs> But I found a story that says, uh, <laughs> the headline's very funny, uh, Christopher Nolan's daughter gets the flesh on her face flayed off in her brief yet memorable Oppenheimer cameo. Okay, in a movie. Yeah. Great. <laughs> flesh is in quotes and flayed is in quotes. Gets the flesh on her face flayed off in her brief yet memorable Oppenheimer cameo. Uh, so, you know, Killian Murphy plays Oppenheimer and has a dream about someone getting their face melted off and it's played by mm-hmm. Flora and he's watching Nolan. kids play in a playground and then his skeleton is hanging onto a chain yeah. link fence. He's like, no, no, you fools. You blew it up, you <laughs> damn dirty apes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then another fun one. Can you get- You know that the, that's not all in one line, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not like a... Charlton Heston sees- Get your heads off the Statue of Liberty. Statue of Liberty. Like, oh, it's Earth! <laughs> oh my god, it's been Earth this whole time. These apes must have destroyed it somehow. <laughs> they made it a planet of the apes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he delivered These the title must have come along and killed the perfectly peaceful and innocent human race. Uh, these apes from Mars <laughs> landed on Earth and killed- <laughs> The apes are like, well, that's not, uh, uh, yeah, close enough. You know, you know, probably someone the first time that that movie came out did think that's what was being implied. <laughs> uh, so can you guess what video game released in 2007 just mm. broke its concurrent player record on Steam? 2007, I'm going to say Counter-Strike? Okay. No, that might be a little too late for Counter-Strike. Louisa? I want to say Mario Kart, but that wouldn't be on Steam. Hmm. Let's think. Let's think for a second. Minecraft? No. uh, The answer is Team Fortress 2. Uh, Damn it. It just got a big update and is now more popular than ever, which is crazy to me. That is crazy. A quarter million people were playing Team Fortress 2 at the same time uh, the other day. It's weird that in our lifetimes we've gone from games, they're not like movies, they tend to not, you know, have important Yeah, they're interactive. So, because they're not like movies, you just get the most updated version when they release it. You continue playing your type of game in a more, you know, powerful, uh, better graphics version. But it's wild that Within our lifetimes, it's gone to the point where some games are considered good enough, so people just continue to play them, and they don't yeah. want newer versions of those. Wild. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting, because a game like Team Fortress 2, there's not a story. It's just a standalone, more expanded version of a multiplayer mod of an older game. Yeah. Um. So, 
there wouldn't be a reason to make a Team Fortress 3, so they just eventually made Team Fortress 2 free-to-play and kept updating it. <laughs> um, it's, 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 it's odd. Like, Destiny, it seems like there might be a Destiny 3 at some point. They made a Destiny 2. That has story stuff. But they've also said, like, I don't know, Team Fortress 2 is still just Team Fortress 2. We probably won't ever bother so uh. this is like what we were talking about with mario kart last week like some games they just do it so good that they can't figure out any way to do it other than just adding more stuff in it Mm -hmm. and that's fine i think yeah yeah i mean i don't mind it it is a good thing they found the right formula Imagine if instead of making more Zelda games, they just mm. made it that Tears of the Kingdom, the next expansion is just a bigger map. Like, oh the, my God, the world so that exciting. you know is just one quarter of, like, you could sail to other continents. Oh my God. We found out in this game that Prince Sidon's new wife, Yona, is from mm-hmm. another realm, she says. Yep. Fucking, she's the princess of another realm. There's Zora somewhere else. Oh yep. my god! If I, uh, this is what I'm saying. I bet if I bet I could be happy with just the Tears of the Kingdom engine expanding into the whole planet of that Hyrule is on for the next <laughs> ten years. Easy. I oh, um, man. I watched a uh, a really long video from this YouTuber I like. He kind of mostly did like videos about Mario games and then disappeared for like a year and a half. Uh, and he came back and was like, I like making videos, I don't like chasing the algorithm, so I'm just gonna do, like, very long-form, comprehensive looks into games. And his Tears of the Kingdom one was, you know, throughout it and at the beginning, he's like, this is one of the best games I've ever played, everyone who says it's Game of the Year is right, it's completely amazing. Now, let's get into some of the weird things that bugged me about it. (laughs) And one of the things was, he's worried that because Nintendo essentially spent 12 years refining this engine first through Breath of the Wild and then through Tears of the Kingdom into a physics engine that works better than most video game engines that are significantly less complicated, he's worried that every Zelda game is just going to use it from now on. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you say worried. Uh, I would like that, I think. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> me too. The exciting proposal would be that they use this engine for new IP or other things. Yeah. Like, mm, like the first standalone Waluigi game. Yeah. Waluigi <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> um, He's just going around <laughs> making everything worse. <laughs> yeah. He, it's the counterpoint to, to the. Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. It's just after they've saved the world, he comes along. And he doesn't ruin it, but he's not making it better. His Ultra Hand can only break things apart. It can't glue <laughs> them back together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I I like the idea. Like, Mario 64, they, used, they reused that engine a bunch. Uh, mm-hmm, yeah. Ocarina of Time is built on the bones of Mario 64. Um, so, like, I... I there's precedent for it, and I'm interested to I see what they I said that do. on the box, built on the bones of Mario 64. <laughs> yeah, it had a skeleton of Mario, very realistic. Mm-hmm. Strange. Yep. Um, he still had a mustache, so you'd recognize him. Yep. Maybe that's what those giant rib cages in the desert are <gasps> in Breath of the Wild. We think Mario is small for a person, but actually he's very big <laughs> compared to Link, who is we've the seen, littlest boy. <laughs> we've seen that in the Zelda series there are tiny people. 
Uh-huh. And now they're not around. Maybe this Link is a tiny person. Yeah, we, He's a minish. We don't know that maybe the Picori are... Uh, they crossbred with Hylians, and now everyone's mm-hmm. that small. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. I love when this that game is... just casually introduced the idea that, yeah, a human could marry a goat person. That's fine. They could uh, have children. <laughs> That's all normal and good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So weird. Have we seen any half- human half like zoras or gorons in no. the series ever no but i would love to see the alternate universe where uh princess ruto does seduce link and he's like yeah sure let's get married they have some like fish I mean, fish zelda, elf babies <laughs> zelda hasn't proposed yet he still could sure. oh well she's dead or is she hmm? mm? who can say I do think it's weird that in Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, I mean, I have not finished Tears of the Kingdom yet, so maybe this changes, but, like, it's heavily implied that Zelda is in love with Link, and presumably he is in love with her as well, <laughs> but they never date, or, like, yeah. kiss, or anything. He's got that, um, uh, sir, wait, which was the Knight of the Round Table who was super chaste? Gawain? Gawain? Was it Gawain? thought it wasn't. Maybe you're right. Anyway, the one who's super chaste. He's about chivalry to the degree that he could never be with her because uh, that's not his Galahad. place in the world. Yes, Galahad. thank you. Oh yeah, um, Gawain was the Green Knight one. I like to think Link doesn't talk or have any desires besides apparently he enjoys food. That's canon. That's his only... Oh man, that's a mood. Man, <laughs> I've never felt more seen by a video game hero. That is yeah. the shonen protagonist, though. That's that's what Goku is. That's what the My Hero Academia kid is. Yeah, Naruto. They're all just I'm like, saying... I love food and hate romance. Well, I'm saying that's his only concession to the pleasures of the flesh. Everything oh. else about his life is about discipline and training and fighting. And there are no times for anything else. He doesn't even feel things. He doesn't speak. <laughs> like, he's just a machine. And he doesn't recognize the humanity of the constructs. He He's very rude to them in the dialogue choices. <laughs> That's, true. That's true. Whenever they try to explain, he's like, yeah, 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 shut up. Just get to producing. <laughs> so <sighs> it's, it's, so he's, he's all about the soul, the spirit. He knows that these monstrosities don't have them. I really like how he trolls the Yiga clan, where they're like, we're the Yiga clan. And then one of his dialogue choices is the Viga clan. <laughs> like, that's yes. just to be a dick. <laughs> Whenever I encounter one uh, and, like, it's obvious, I will just hit the B option right away. Be like, oh, okay, bye. He's <laughs> like, hey! <laughs> yeah. Attacks me that way. Fun. I like going yep. to them wearing the Yuga Clan costume, and they're like, hey, beat it. I'm trying to set a trap here. You're going to mess things up for me with Link. You're the only blonde Yiga Clan member, and I'm not suspicious of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like when you have to go into that one Yiga Clan guy behind the waterfall to get your sword training or whatever, and he's like, oh, wow, you're the best Yiga by a huge margin. <laughs> yeah, nobody's you're ever so passed that test. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Great game. Game of the year. Yep. Yep. Perfect game. I played it for 200 hours. (laughs) Oh, God. How do you have the time? I don't. Hmm. It's summer. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting that you are not in work right now, you and and other teacher friends of ours. Yeah. It's Hot Link Summer, both in the sense of the video game and eating hot dogs. And it's so Mm -hmm. warm out. Oh, yeah. It's hot out. Yeah. (laughs) 
and you are playing the games on the links. Was that the nope. handheld that's a golf, console? That's a golf place. Uh, oh, the Atari links. Yeah, yeah it might have been. Huh. We've modded this version of Tears of the Kingdom to play on the Atari links. Can you imagine? That would rock. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> I feel like we need to wrap it up. We're getting the light. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Well, thanks everyone for listening to the show. Uh, if you liked it, please rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice, and please tell your friends about the show so that we can continue to grow. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on various social medias. We're on um, Twitter at HackTheNetPod, and uh, if you want to find me, I'm on Blue Sky now at Matt Heron dot Blue Sky dot Social or whatever the rest of it is. I'm on there at Matt Heron. You can find me from there. Um, if you want to talk to us directly, you can message one of us to, uh, join our discord where we have regular conversations with folks who disagree with us about everything we've said on the show. <laughs> they disagree with you. Me and Louise are always right. We can't be beat. That's true. Um, yeah. I am also on blue sky, JJK, uh, Mastodon dot social, one of the Mastodons. I don't remember. I'm never logging on to Mastodon anymore lately. Uh, I feel slightly bad about it, but also, uh, I guess you can follow me on Instagram, JeffJK. I still use Instagram um, to look at stuff mainly. Uh, I don't post very much, but weaponizedlanguage.com has past podcasts back when I uh, had a desire to produce content at a high rate, uh, which I now, like, one a week is good. I'm good with that. <laughs> All right, you can talk to me on Mastodon. I am active on there, and I am Louisa at mastodon.xyz. Alrighty, thanks for listening, everyone. Please come back next week. In the meantime, don't forget to keep your pockets on track. Don't read the comments. Yeah, I'm the best around.